Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. When you do that, you can take your seat. It's good to be in the house of God this morning. Anybody excited to be at church? Amen. No better place to be than in the house of God. Amen. We're, we're excited that, that you've made it. Thank you for, for joining us here this morning. If we have any visitors, welcome. We, we love you. Uh, we, we consider you family. So, so please don't, after service, don't uh, scurry off. You know, hang out and, and meet somebody. Uh, this morning we have a, a, an awesome church. I love, I love our church. And uh, we're excited that you chose to be here with us. Amen. Um, I want to get into to the word this morning, I, I was—I haven't done worship in a, in, in a few weeks, and man, I—I I, I tell people worship is my—it's my first love, man. It's like when it comes to to ministry, um, I, I I can't seem. I've been trying to let let the worship ministry go for like well, five years, maybe, um, and, and it's just—it's I, I love doing it, and so, um, but after I do it, and then I come up here and, and preach, I'm I'm tired. Anybody been tired from ministry? Tired from, from the Lord's work. I got a message on tiredness this morning. But I don't want you to be too tired that you can't say amen, okay? Y- y'all need to help me out this morning. I, I want to share a, a real quick verse before we get into the main text, and it's in Matthew. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Matthew 11. It's a very simple verse. You've probably heard it before. You've probably read it. And it says this. It says, Come to me, this is Jesus speaking, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Can we, since it's so short, can we, can we say that together? Let's read it one more time. It says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Amen. I don't know who needed to hear that this morning. If you're feeling tired, but Jesus is our rest. Jesus is our strength. And I'm not going to pretend this morning that Jesus is talking about physical weariness in this verse. He's talking about spiritual tiredness, spiritual weariness. When you're spiritually tired, have you ever been spiritually tired before? I I would hope so. And, And the reason I say that I hope so is for the same reason that I hope you've been physically tired. If you've never been physically tired, I would question your work ethic. Like, what do you do all day that you're never tired? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, or, or, or emotional tiredness. If you've ever experienced emotional tiredness, I, you know, as, as a pastor, uh, maybe as, as parents, um, you, you've, you've experienced emotional tiredness. As a friend, as, as, as a spouse, Sometimes you get to a point where you're just tired of being angry all the time. You're tired of being frustrated. You're tired of being sad, right? You get, you get tired. Spiritual tiredness happens as a result of your spirit getting worked. If we use the, the metaphor that Paul uses in Galatians, he talks, to, uh, he talks to the Galatians. He says, don't walk in the, in the flesh. Walk in the spirit. What happens when you walk? You eventually get tired. You can't walk forever. And so on our spiritual journey, it gets tiring. It gets tiring. It's tiring 
sometimes trying to please God every day. We're going we're gonna to be honest this morning, okay? Maybe you're saying, Pastor Ryan, I'm, I'm never spiritually tired. I, I know, I know that you get tired of trying to please God daily because you're just, you're not perfect. I know you get tired of, of saying no to your flesh. It's tiring doing ministry. It's tiring coming up with a class. If you've ever taught a class before, it's tiring coming up with a sermon. It's tiring trying to counsel somebody. It's tiring trying to raise your kids and the righteousness of God. It's trying, it's tiring trying to be a good spouse and, and keeping God at the center when you really just want to give your spouse a piece of your mind, man. It's tiring. It's tiring holding your tongue. It's tiring holding your emotions back when someone cuts you off. It's tiring maintaining and growing your relationship with God. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about this morning, but if you don't, then maybe it's time you you start working out your spirit, man. Being a follower of Christ is tiring. Jesus did not call you to pick up your cross and follow him, expecting it to be easy. He expected you to work. He expected you to get tired. Don't be afraid of saying, God, I am spiritually tired. Why? Because it allows us to accept the invitation that Jesus makes of coming to him. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. No, God, I'm not tired. I I can keep going. I can keep going. When you say that, you keep going by your own strength instead of coming to him. It's okay to say, God, I've reached my limit for the day. God, I don't know if I could take another step. I don't know how much more of a blessing I can be into someone's life, how much more uh, anointing that I can take. I don't know how much more counsel I can give this person and speaking life into them. And and they just want to come to me every day. And I'm getting text messages every day. And Pastor, what do I do? And how do I handle this? And I don't know sometimes I'm spiritually tired. You been there? So Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I want you to hold on to that this morning while we go to the main text, which is in Mark chapter 6, 30 through 44. And this is, uh, just to give you a little bit of context, this is after Jesus had sent out his disciples uh, to preach the gospel. He sends them out two by two, and uh, he tells them to to tell the people of Israel to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, I wasn't there, but I know that upon their return, they were probably tired because preach, Pastor Dana, preaching is tiring, right? (laughs) You look, you look sleepy this morning, bro. And he didn't even preach, Uh, (laughs) but, but, but it's tiring. It's preaching. The gospel is, 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 is tiring. And, and so I know that these disciples were, were tired, um, even more so because they, they didn't live in 2021. They didn't have cars to get them everywhere. They were traveling by foot. They were going to people's houses and, and people didn't, they didn't live right next to each other. It was very rural and they had to, they had to probably travel miles just to get to the next house. And they didn't have social media to post a message and, and have all their friends share it. And that one message could, you know, reach thousands of people. They didn't have podcasts like we do. Numa church podcast, shameless plug there. Um, they didn't have microphones to project their voice. They were, they were tired. They were exhausted. And the Bible says this in Mark 6, 30 through 44. If you have it, say amen. amen. It says, the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. 
And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and what? Rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. And now many saw them going and recognized them. And they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. So I just, I just imagine right now the disciples rolling their eyes, moody, thinking that they were, they were about to go rest. And, and Jesus is like, seriously, God, we're, we're going we're gonna to continue doing ministry right now. You tell us to go to a desolate place. And, and now we're here trying to work another crowd. And the, and the Bible says, and he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? And he said, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And they had found out that they had five and two fish. And then he commanded them all to sit down in groups and on the green grass. And uh, they sat down in groups by hundreds and fifties and taking the five loaves and two fish. He looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among all of them. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And, and, and this is where the miracle is revealed. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. I want to pray real quick. Heavenly Father, I pray over this word, Father God, that you are about to speak, Lord. I pray, Lord, that this morning, as tired as we may be, as uninterested as we may be, my God, I pray that we just give, give, have the energy just to give you the next 30 minutes, my God, so that your Holy Spirit may speak a word into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I entitled my sermon this morning, Not Enough. Say that with me. Not enough. Not enough. Knowing the context of this passage, I think it's kind of funny that the disciples were clearly tired. They were trying to get Jesus to get rid of the crowd. And then Jesus says, feed them. He puts them to work. He puts them to work when he knows that they're clearly tired and he's trying, they're trying to get him to, to send the crowd away. They just worked they, they, were, they were just going all over, all over uh, Jerusalem preaching the gospel. And now they have to come on, on to what they think is going to be a resting day and, and, and work some more. Have you ever been there? Have you come home from parents? <laughs> have you ever come home from, from work? Long, exhausting day. You're physically tired, emotionally tired. And you walk in and your kids don't even say hi to you. What do they say? I'm hungry. Where's my food at? And you're, you're thinking, I'm hungry too. Would you make me, right? But you get home after a long and, and, and tiring day, and you're still not done working. You got to keep going. So if, if you're married, you don't have kids yet, keep, you know, keep at it, you know. <laughs> Enjoy this time. <laughs> uh, us with kids, we're, we're not okay, right? Um, you get home and, 
and, and you discover a mess everywhere. And you're like, seriously, man, like I, I'm so I just want to sit down. I just want to put up my feet and I want to relax, man. Melissa and I, we look forward to that at, at the end of the day. But but by the time we can actually do that, it's like 10 o'clock and we're ready for bed at that point. You get home wanting to rest and and your day still isn't over. This is why I'm a I'm, I'm a big advocate a vacation without children. Okay. Yeah. yeah all right. <laughs> if you ever tell me you're going on vacation with your children, just know that I'm thinking you ain't going on vacation. <laughs> Who are you fooling? You're, you're going, you're going to serve your children. <laughs> That's where you're going. You're going to do whatever they want. You're going to try to make them happy. And then when they're not happy, they're gonna be like, this is the worst vacation of my life. Why'd you take me here? <laughs> Layla's my daughter, right? <laughs> So the disciples were thinking, man, we finally get a moment to relax. Thank you, Jesus, for seeing my tiredness. Thank you for suggesting we go away in solitude to a desolate place where there are no crowds of people, nothing that I have to do, nothing I have to worry about or respond. I can just rest. Thank you for seeing that, Lord. And then a crowd of people show up on what is supposed to be a day of rest. And they, I imagine the disciples, they, they got back and, you know, they, they probably had good experiences, bad experiences. You know, if you've ever been on a mission trip before, man, it's, it's beautiful, right? And, and you come back feeling fulfilled, um, but you're also exhausted. You're tired. And we've been on several mission trips and, and the, the first thing everybody wants to do is, is go home and we'll, we'll first pick up Whataburger, right? Because you can't, you know, Texans can't go like a week without Whataburger. And then, but, but the thing that you want to do is you just want to rest. Give me a hot shower with, with high pressured water and, and, and let me just, let me rest. Let me sleep for about 12 hours. All right. Jesus says, okay, we're going to, I see you're tired. You, you, you spoke the gospel. You brought, you told people to repent. Now we're going to go into a, into a place of rest and then a crowd of people show up on what is supposed to be a time of leisure. Now, I know that I know the disciples were upset, man. At, at, at the very least, they're super annoyed, right? Number one, they're tired. Number two, their plans change from thinking they're going to rest to now having to feed, serve 5,000 people. I know people in this room would be upset. I'm, I know some of y'all. <laughs> you talking about pastor? I thought we were going to chill today, right? It's like, I was talking to, I was talking to someone uh, today, um, you know, he, he got to Friday, you got to Friday evening thinking you were going to get the, uh, the weekend off. And then, then his boss tells him, actually, you got to work tomorrow. The, the, wouldn't that upset you? Right. Wouldn't that annoy you? Because you think tomorrow I get to rest. I get to hang out with the family. I get to do whatever I want. No, I need you to come into work. That'll, that'll put you in a mood, man. I know the disciples were upset. They were annoyed with Jesus. Here he goes, wanting to preach again. What's funny is, I, I think the funniest part of this, I, there's a lot of humor in this passage. Um, because Jesus doesn't send away the crowd when the disciples, that, that's, that's what they're looking for him to do. They are looking for an excuse to get rid of the crowd. They say, Jesus is getting late. The sun is coming down. We're in the middle of nowhere. You know, it, it's not... 
It's not safe after dark. You know, all these animals come out. We don't want to be responsible for anyone, you know, getting like mauled by a bear or something. Lord, I think, it's, I think the responsible thing to do is for us to send them home before the sun goes down, right? And then, and then he said, Lord, I'm, I'm sure these people are hungry. And there's, there's, there's not a McDonald's nearby. They, they got to go. We're in a desolate place. Send them away. Dismiss them. Stop preaching. Dismiss them already so that they can go eat. And Jesus doesn't fall for it. And he, instead, he says, you feed them. <laughs> he flipped it on them. Have you ever been challenged by God in a moment of spiritual laziness? Right? If, if, if you ever invite a friend to church and they live like 60 miles away, you better be prepared to pick them up when they say, I ain't got no ride. All right? Because you'll go to God and be like, Lord, I... I I sent them a message. I invited them to church. They don't have a ride. And what is he going to say? You give them a ride. You pick them up. God will often challenge you to be the solution to the excuse you're giving him. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus clearly sees the real reason they want to send the crowd away is because they're too tired. So he challenges them in their weakness. He challenges them in their, in their spiritual and mental and physical fatigue. He challenges them. And you might say, God, why would you do that? Why, why would you challenge me to work when you know that I'm tired? Doesn't that seem cruel? Doesn't the verse say, come to you and you will give me rest, not come to you and you're going to give me more work? And, and notice that he doesn't just challenge them with an inconvenience, right? He challenges them with an impossibility. It would be inconvenient if they were too tired, but there was plenty of food there. Not only do the disciples not have the energy, they also don't have the resources. They don't have the food. Not only do they not want to be there, there is no food there. It's a moment where, where it's just, there's just not enough present to meet the request of Jesus. There's just not enough. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt, God, there was not enough? There was not enough externally. There's not enough internally. I, I, I am not enough. Sometimes I, sometimes I, I get to, uh, I reach my spiritual limit, like, like my, my limits of, of spirituality. Like I feel like, man, I, I can't, there's plenty of times where I get to you know, Wednesday, Thursday, and I'm preparing a sermon and I'm like, God, if I write another word, I'm doing it without you because I don't know. Have you ever not known what to preach about? Let me ask my dad who, who preached for, for many, many years. Dad, did you ever not know what to preach? And you feel bad, like, as a pastor, you know? You're like, I'm supposed to, we're supposed to, I'm supposed to feed from the pulpit. I got no food. I got two loaves of bread. I got three fish. I ain't got, I, I don't, there's, there's not enough. And I'm like, God, what, what do you, if I write another word, I'm going to be given the word of Ryan, not the word of God. It's not enough. I've, I've prepared a sermon while running on fumes before. There's not enough energy. There's not enough prep time. There's not enough silence where I'm not being distracted by so many other things. If your spirit is constantly working, you're going to reach these moments of, of spiritual fatigue. Maybe, maybe today... There's not enough faith. Maybe today there's not enough compassion. Those are the worst, man. Because like normally on any other day, you're a compassionate person. But 
But if that, if, if that person, that needy person catches you on an off day and they're like, hey, brother, can you spare some food? I'm not even asking for money. Can you, can you buy me a meal? And sometimes you're like, wow, oh, not, no, not today. And it makes you feel bad. And you're like, God, am I a bad person? Sometimes there's just not enough. There's not a, enough spiritual energy. And then on top of that, the task that God has presented to you might seem impossible. Even if the spiritual energy is there, there's not enough money. God, I'm, I'm willing. I'm ready. I got the energy, but we don't have the funds. God, there's not enough help. The, the help that we have, they're, they're great, but we need more. There's not enough creativity. There's not enough talent. There's just, there's not enough. What are you telling God that there is just not enough of today to meet his demands? There's not enough food here. All we have are these small loaves of, of bread and some fish. I want to challenge you this morning to shift your thinking. If this is how you think, see, look, the, the world tells us to be hopeless when there's not enough. Yes or no? That, that, that's, that's the message that the world sends. When there's not enough money in your bank account and rent is due the next day, what do you do? The world tells us to be hopeless when there's not enough. When there's not enough, there's no more ideas from the doctors. I don't know what else we can do. There's, there's not enough. There's not enough strength in her body and his body. There's just not enough. The world tells us to be hopeless when there is not enough. If scripture shows us anything, it's that, it's that in the not enough, that's where we are hopeful. We should be hopeful when there's not enough. It's in the not enough where miracles happen. Remember God, remember God created the world. Uh, the Latin word is ex nihilo. It means out of nothing. God created everything from nothing. That should tell you that nothing is the formula that God needs to do something. Nothing. And you're worried about not bringing God something. What if God wants your nothing? What if God wants the lack that you have? We don't think like that, though. We think that when there's not enough, that should trigger hopelessness. Your lack is the, is the cause of God's provision. All it takes is a little bit of faith, a little bit of humility, and God can do the impossible. And I got to tell somebody this morning, you are not supposed to be enough. You're not supposed to be enough. Stop carrying that weight on your shoulders. See, when Jesus said uh, in Matthew 11, when he said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, he was speaking to a generation of people who believed they had to earn their salvation. That, that's the context of that verse, that, that in order to achieve, there's people who, who believed and who, who were teaching, the Pharisees, who were teaching that, <coughs> excuse me, in order, to, um, in order to achieve salvation, you had to keep the Levitical law, the 613 Levitical laws, you had to keep them, which was impossible. The very reason that God gave us the law was to show us how inadequate we were, how much we needed a perfect savior. And so this is why Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. The previous verse connects Jesus to the father. So Jesus is saying, come to me, all who cannot do the impossible because I can do the impossible. You don't have to worry about not being enough or not bringing enough. 
Jesus says, I am enough. He said the same thing to Moses. When Moses was giving him all the excuses of why he couldn't do it, God was like, Moses, you don't don't realize that I'm not calling you to do anything. I'm going to do it through you. All I want is someone who is willing. All All I want is someone who would humble themselves and know that they're not enough, but I am enough. Maybe you've come here today, man, and you're running low on faith. You're running low on wisdom. You're running low on patience. I can give you all the, all the fruits of the spirit. You're, you're running low on something. You're just on spiritual empty. And Jesus is telling you, you feed them. You feed them. And you say, Lord, how am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to feed when I have nothing to feed? How do you expect me to do that? Sometimes I ask God, God, how do you expect me to preach when I've reached my limit? Maybe you've asked God before, Lord, how do you expect me to, to sow this seed of offering when what you're asking me to sow is greater than what's currently in my bank account? How do you expect me to help my brother when I'm in need of help? How can you expect me to, to meet your demands when I, I don't have enough? No doubt the disciples were asking themselves the same thing. How does Jesus expect us to feed 5,000 with not enough? There's not enough here. Now, here's what I want you to see. You still with me this morning? Amen. I want you to see this this morning. The disciples didn't do the miracle. The disciples didn't do the miracle. They just brought to Jesus what was there. Jesus wasn't asked, God, God wasn't asking them to do the impossible. He was just asking them to bring what was there. How, what, what's there? Just bring it. If Jesus expects you to feed 5,000 people and all you have are two loaves of, of bread and three fish, bring, bring the loaves and the fish. If God says, my marriage is going to be saved, all I have to do is keep on praying and fighting, well, all I, all I can do is keep on praying and fighting. That's it. You are not enough. What you have is not enough, but he is more than enough. And that's the beauty of the miracle, man. When you bring God only what you have, your faith will fill in the gaps. Your faith will fill in the gaps. See, he'll see that faith. He'll see that faith. When you have nothing let man, I, I we, we, we have these conversations pretty often when, when you compare, you know, when you compare like the American church to a church, like in a third world country, man, we, we hear of miracles that happen in those places. Why do you think that is? Because they don't have enough. They, and because they don't have enough, they don't depend on anything else. We have plenty to depend on. And when we don't have what we usually depend on, we don't depend on God. Because we think we don't have enough. Sometimes God needs to strip you of all you have. So that you say, God, I I literally don't have enough. You do something. We have, man, we we have this bad habit of saying things like, you need to meet God halfway. 
Where is that in the Bible? <laughs> or, or you've heard this one. God only helps those who help themselves. So you're telling me God doesn't help, help the helpless. Lazarus helped himself when he was being raised from the dead. Is that what you're telling me? No wonder we, we, we don't, no wonder we think that if we don't have enough, God won't meet the supply because sometimes meeting God halfway is really, really, really far. What if you don't have miles in you? All you have is one step. Is God going to ask you for the miles? He's going to ask what you have. Take the step. All the while you're like, God, what is one step going to do? What is one step going to do? What is one prayer? The prayer is all I have left. The doctors say there's no more hope. There's no more hope. Everyone has canceled me out. All I have left is the prayer. What is this prayer going to do? Just give me the prayer. Just give me what you have. Your job is not to do the miracle. My job is to do the miracle. Bring me what you have, even though it's not enough, even though you're not enough. See, the disciples, man, they were, they were thinking logically. Small amount of food, that's not going that's, that's to feed anybody. Now, to think logically is better to, than to think illogically, right? <laughs> but a lot of times God asks us to do illogical things. And, we, and, and when he asks us to do those things, we analyze it. That doesn't make sense. If you look at the Bible, I mean, God does some crazy things. Things that, that non-believers say is silly. They are silly. We don't understand them. It's illogical. But that's what a miracle is. And so I, I bet you the disciples are thinking, man, how, how are we going to feed 5,000 5, people with three loaves of bread and two fish? 5,000, that, that's like a number two at Long John Silver's. You know, how am I going to, Long John Silver's go hard, man. But you know what I'm saying? Like, how, how are we going to, how are we going to feed 5,000 people, and, and we're just talking about 5,000 men, that wasn't even in, uh, including the women and children. 5,000 plus people with just a basket that was meant for like a little picnic for three people. <laughs> just bring it. One more thing I want to share with you. I'll, I'll have the, the worship team come up, but I'll, I want you to see something here. In Matthew, um, <clears throat> and, and Luke as well also recounts the same event. Between the disciples, there is a dispute. And the disciples, you know, Peter, John, you know, Matthew, they're, they're, all, they're all having these conversations. They're, they're having an argument about who is going to be the greatest in heaven. So what they're at, apparently they didn't quite understand the kingdom of God yet. They knew that Jesus was king. They knew that he was going to establish his kingdom, but, but they were wondering who's Who's going to be your right-hand man? Who's going to be your second-in-command? Is it going to be Peter? Is it going to be John? Is it going to be Andrew? Is it going to be, who, who, who's it going to be? And so they couldn't figure it out, and so what do they do? They, they ask Jesus, Jesus, who's going to be your number two? Who's going to be your number, who's going to be, 
Who's going to be the greatest in your kingdom? And how does Jesus respond? It's Matthew 18, verses 2 through 4. After they ask him this question, who is the greatest? And calling to him a child, he puts him in the midst of them and said, truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, what does this mean? See, children aren't concerned with being good enough. That is not their concern. Children innately know that they don't need to worry about what they're going to eat. That's why they ask you that question when you get home. Where's my food? They don't, they don't worry about where they're going to sleep tonight. Children have the humility to know that they don't run the world. They know that. And, and, and they're not concerned about running the world. That's not a priority for them. They're not concerned with being or having enough because they know that enough will probably be there at the end of the day because of their parents who take care of them. It's not their job. Have you ever told your kid that it's not your job to worry about those things? It's not your job to worry about how we're going to eat tonight. It's not your job to worry about how, how we're going to make it happen, how we're going to pay the bills. It's not your job to worry about that. I want you to notice something. The same story that we just read, the same passage in John's account. It's a boy who brings the three loaves and the two fish. It's a kid. It's a child. Now, I'm not sure how it all went down, but I'm sure that the boy presenting what he had to the disciples, he wasn't worried that it wasn't enough. He wasn't concerned with it. He was just happy to bring what he had to Jesus. Jesus, I got some food here. I was going to eat later on. My parents packed it for me in my lunch bag. You can have it. I, I, hear, I hear you need to feed some people. Take what I've got. I, man, I, I bet you Jesus took that. And, and the little boy ran back to his parents. Jesus took my food. Jesus is going to use my food to feed everybody. I bet you he was so full of joy. Like, you know, when, you're, when your kids, when they, when they bring something to you, like, you know, like a little piece of artwork, right? You, you look at it and you're like, so, that's so good, right? And, it, and you know it's not that great, right? <laughs> but, but they're so happy to bring it to you because they, in their mind, they're ready to lighten up your day. Hang it on the fridge. You're like, okay. <laughs> but that's how kids come. I remember I was, I, I was joking a few, a few uh, Father's Day uh, ago, like two years ago. And I, was, I was telling Layla, I, was, I, I told Layla, Layla, you make sure mommy gets daddy a Ford Raptor for his birthday, uh, for, for uh, Father's Day. I want nothing less. And she took that seriously. And so, you know, mommy was buying daddy her, fa- her Father's Day present. And Layla's like, that's, that's not a Ford Raptor. I got a little advocate, man. But after all of that, I, 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 had, to, uh, I had to tell her, like, Layla, I, I, was just, I was just kidding. Like, a Ford Raptor, that, that's a lot of money. We can't, we're not going to buy that for Father's Day. And I remember she came down with her piggy bank. 
And she said, I've got some money. And man, I know that if she knew that that would have bought her daddy a Ford Raptor, she would have, she would have given it. Even though it was, it was clearly not enough, like $3. A little short, <laughs> but but that didn't matter to her. And so, what is Jesus telling us in that story about who's going to be the greatest? Like, don't worry about that. Come to me humbly, knowing that I can I can give you all I can give you everything that you lack. All you have to do is come and bring whatever you have. It doesn't have to be enough in the eyes of of the world. It doesn't have to be enough in your own eyes. Just bring it to Jesus and he will multiply it. He will do things that you have no idea how he did it. I have no idea how Jesus fed 5,000 people with this little boy's lunch. But that wasn't the point. The point was us saying, God, I know that I'm not enough. I know that I fall short. I know that I, I'm, sometimes I'm off. I know that sometimes I don't always preach the best. I know that sometimes I, 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 I feel like the, the spirit, I'm just, I'm just tired, God. I, I feel tired and I need rest. And, and, and God says, I don't need you to go miles. Just, just give me the little ounce left that you have. And I believe that there's somebody this morning who's saying, man, I'm, I'm feeling inadequate. I feel like I don't have enough. I feel like I am not enough. And Jesus wants me to tell you this morning that he is enough for you. And if your journey is a hundred miles long and all you have is one step, he'll meet you. He'll meet you wherever he needs to meet you because he is, he is enough. Church, may we become like the children knowing that, that we are not enough, but also knowing that that's okay bringing all you have I'm going to ask us to stand this morning hallelujah we thank you Jesus we thank you God we thank you my God because we know that you have seen you've seen our lack my God and you've provided You've seen our chaos, my God, and you've given peace, Father. You've seen our doubt, Father God, and you've given us faith. When we say, Lord, I don't have much, God. But what I do have, I'm going to give it to you, Lord. I know with a little, my God, it'll go very far in your kingdom, Father. And I want to I do a, a call this morning. I'm going to ask that you just bow your heads, close your eyes this morning. We do this, we do this every Sunday. Maybe you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. You're not walking with Jesus. You don't know Jesus. And maybe the reason is because you've just felt like you have to get, you have to achieve a certain level of good. To meet Jesus. God is saying, just, just, just come with what you have. Just bring me what you have. 
and I will transform it. And if you want to accept Jesus as your, as your Lord and Savior, you want to enter his kingdom, you want to begin to grow in the maturity of the faith, if that's you this morning, I'm just going to ask that you raise your hand. Praise God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, my God. We pray over this word, Lord. And we ask this this morning, my God, that you remind us, Lord, that, that all we need is what we have. All we need, my God, is, is, is just a little, my God, because you, you are infinite, Father. And I pray, my God, when, the, when a lie wants to come our way, Father God, to tell us that we are not good enough, when something wants to remind us of the past, my God, when something wants to remind us of, of what we lack, my God, and how much further we still need to go, Father God, and how much more education I need, how much more experience I need, how much more training I need, I pray in Jesus' name, Jesus' name, that we may cancel out any word that keeps us from fulfilling who you called us to be. And we say, God, take whatever is in my hand. I give it to you. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at My Numa Church. Thanks again and God bless.